Welcome to this week's episode of The Pastor's Cut. Our guest today is Phil Adams. He is an associate church planting pastor up in the West Rogers Park neighborhood where he is planting house churches among the nations up there. And he's also on our teaching team at South Rogers Park. Him and his wife, Ruth, live in Rogers Park with their three adorable little kids. This week's episode, we're going to talk about what it looks like to practically live out church unity in our city and around the globe, and then ultimately, what does God's Word mean for authority in our lives? Let's dive into this week's episode. I'm your host, Sharon Brandis, and this is The Pastor's Cut with Phil Adams. Hey, Phil. Hey, Sharon. How are you? I'm good. It is good to be here. Good. Well, we're glad that you're here. Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'm yeah. flying solo this week yeah. as the host. Fantastic. Trevor, I think, is out on vacation. Yeah, in Michigan. Is he in Michigan? Mm-hmm. You know more than I do. Yeah. I figured he was on a beach in Mexico somewhere nice and warm. <laughs> well, maybe. It's getting cold in Chicago, and I'm ready to leave, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, sweater, <laughs> sweater season. Well... For our folks to get to know you a little bit better, we have been asking every guest this season what your favorite restaurant is. Ooh, in the city? Man, that's one of the good things about Chicago is so much good food. It's hard to keep up. We uh, There's a restaurant that we went to recently called Blowfish. Okay. We've gone back twice. Doesn't I don't know if you can get Blowfish because that would be daring, but <laughs> sushi and ramen, some okay. really good. It's in Edgewater neighborhood. And okay. another restaurant we went to recently is called Gin. It's a Thai place, okay. but kind of fancy Thai, um, fancy for us. So yeah. it's kind of cool. Now, you're from Ireland. Yes. Is there Irish food in Chicago that you actually like or no? Uh, yes. Um there is a restaurant in Andersonville, and uh, I forget the name right now. I think, and it it does chips. Okay, you guys call them fries, fries. Yeah. <laughs> but they 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 do chips like they do in Ireland. Okay, and they put curry on them, mm. which is something we do in Ireland, and it smells like home when the chips come out with curry on them. It That's smells awesome. like Ireland, which doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I like curry, though, and I like fries. So yes. That sounds great. Put them on top of each other. Well, for those of our folks that didn't get to hear your sermon this week on Romans, uh-huh. do you mind giving us just a brief recap? Yes. Um, really, the question I asked from the text on Sunday was looking at it and saying, how do we nitpick in other people's lives? Um, How do we judge other people Um, while we end up struggling with the very same thing? Um, And there's kind of a craziness to that question because it it shows that there's a hypocrisy that can creep into our hearts and we don't even recognize it. So why are we not cringing sometimes at our own hypocrisy when we're pointing out um, issues in somebody else's life and they're in our own lives? Mm -hmm. So in Romans chapter 1, we see in the first chapter there, um, the word they is said 14 times. It says they, 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 and it's all outward facing. And then you get to chapter two, and for the first time, Paul turns around and says, therefore, you um, have no excuse mm-hmm. because you practice the very same things. Um, so one of the, just the main ideas that I talked about was that we sometimes use things in our lives to trick ourselves um, into thinking that we're better than we are. And we all, we all do it. And we hide behind something in our lives. We hide our sin behind it. Um, whether it's our confidence, our style, our money, our class, our religion, um, which is obviously a big one, hiding our sin behind our religion. Um, 
or sometimes even our, ju- our just enough transparency. We give just enough transparency to hide the yeah. sin in our lives. Um, so just bringing out that idea that every one of us, one of us we're all experts in um, self-presentation. Sure. Um, and we hide our sin behind that. Uh, one of the things I, or quotes or um, facts I, I shared was that Facebook admitted in 2017 that worldwide 60 million Facebook accounts are based on invented identities. Hmm. Um, so people that literally... Um, have an online persona that is just not who they are in real life. Um, and we all do this in some way or another, but from looking at uh, Romans chapter 2, just bringing out that idea that one day God is going to blow off all of our covers. And yeah. what we're going to be left with is not how we're seen, but what we did yeah. um, in our lives. Um, so that's really where, where I went. And then just calling people um, just to the gospel there in verse, verse 4, um, where, where it says, uh, do you presume on the, the riches, riches and the kindness and forbearance and patience of God, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance? Um, so the repenting is really getting to that point in our lives where we say, you know, um, those sins in, in somebody else's life, and you're able to say, they are my sins. Um, I, am, I am them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and recognizing that in Christ we find mercy and we find forgiveness um, so that on that day, on Judgment Day, um, the fruit of our lives, the good works that we hold, are the fruit that point to our faith yep. um, in, in Christ. So that's really where I went on uh, Sunday good. morning. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I um, when we were looking at the end of verse or the end of chapter one that we focused on a little bit in last mm-hmm. week's podcast, um, there's that list that Paul writes about. Yeah all of these things. And not one of us could say we don't have something on that list. Absolutely. But he's not talking to us until we get to chapter two and yeah. then it's like and calling it. it out. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point too. And in, 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 uh, I'll maybe talk about this a little bit later, but just that, you know, he's talking mainly to the Gentiles in chapter one, to talking to kind of the other than not us. And mm-hmm. then he gets to chapter two and he's more like the inside of the church insider, yeah. um, the religious folks or the yep. Jewish people in that context. Yep. Awesome. Well, what got cut from your sermon? I've got a couple of things to share. Um, one, of, one of the tricky things, I think, in preaching um, Romans is that there's so much rich theology that it comes down, sometimes in preparation it feels like a, a tension of how much do we teach um, straight theology on ideas like sin, uh, judgment, just the gospel, um, but also at the same time we have to enter into the specific situation that Paul is addressing um, in the churches in Rome. We see in verse 9, um, that we, we preached on this Sunday that twice it says the Jew first, but also the Greek. And then again, it says to the Jews and also to the Greek. So what Paul's really aiming at here or throughout the whole, arg- the whole argument in Romans, he's trying to bring about church unity. He's trying to bring the church together when you've got um, people that come from this rich uh, Old Testament heritage of, of um, Judaism, and then you have people coming in that are that are Greeks, that are that are pagans, um, that don't have that rich heritage, and the, the Jews are elevating themselves above, saying, "Look, we've got the law, we've got circumcision," um, which is, I think, almost understandable when you think of the fact that the God of the entire universe chose to reveal Himself through your people group. Um, so there's a sense you can almost relate to them, being like, "Are are we not?" You know, more more important, and and mm-hmm. then these like pagan people coming in, um, and you know, accepting Christ, and then they're actually coming into leadership in the church, which is obviously a struggle for them. Um, so, but we get this idea sometimes of of unity in the church of across different cultures, across racial lines, and we we sometimes um, stop 
after we've, we've thought about uh, in our specific church, we don't realize that also if we get, keep going in Romans, it's not just unity in our church, it's, it's uni- unity across the big C church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's just something that it's not, I didn't go there this, this Sunday, um, but I think it's something that uh, really Paul pushes by the time we get to church or chapter 15, um, you just see these beautiful verses of, of churches in um, Achaia and Macedonia and churches in Jerusalem and churches in Rome, and they're all working together for the sake of the, the mission of the gospel, mm-hmm. of getting the gospel and, and pushing it forward. Um, so I was just, one of the things I didn't go there, but just how unity across the big C church is an asset for the sake of our mission. Um, that yeah. Paul is bringing Gentiles and Jews together, but he's not going to stop in one church, unity in one church. It's unity across a network of churches. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Park. You know, that, that we're a church in many different locations, so we've got that diversity in different places, and yet we're trying to use all of the assets that we have to come together for the mm-hmm. sake of advancing the gospel um, here in Chicago and, and around the world. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something that I was just thinking about that I didn't really uh, go into much, but um, yeah. Yeah. You briefly said in there that when the Jews are being written to, they were the chosen people by God, right? So it's easy for them to put themselves on a pedestal of mm-hmm. um, shaming other people or feeling more righteous because they are God's chosen people. And so I'm curious, um, you know, Paul's telling us it's for the Jew and the Greek. Mm-hmm. It's for the Jew and the Gentile. So even us in America that are not of... Um, Jewish descent, yeah. it's the gospel still for us. And so to bring about yeah. this unity, what does that application look like in our daily lives of um, knowing that even though we are a chosen race now, we are cho- a, you know, a royal priesthood of Christ, mm-hmm. what, is that, what is this application of unity mm-hmm. play out? How does it play out on the, on the individual level? Yeah, well, I think it plays out in definitely, no doubt, within our church. You know, whatever location of park you attend, there's a unity there that whoever is coming into that service, maybe they look different to you, maybe they act different to you, maybe from a different socioeconomic background, maybe they're from a different um, ethnicity, and yet we recognize that we're all one in Christ, and we se- we celebrate that a lot. Um, but then it also, I think one of the beautiful things, like I said about park, is when we do even <laughs> church-wide events, you know, of coming together, there's a celebration of, of going, not just for the sake of, oh, it's an event, but it's an expression of our um, unity across mm-hmm. not only our one church but the big the big C church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of uh, I think was it last summer we did um, a Hands Across Chicago, you mm-hmm. know, where we, we we partnered with a lot of different churches in the city, um, and just showing up in the, at the, those events with kind of solidarity and saying we are going we are reaching Chicago together. It's not just Park, um, it's not just our brand. It's a lot of different churches, and we're in this together for the yep. sake of the kingdom. So I think it's recognizing that those events are. are uh, kind of a great expression of the Big C Church and their unity and part of it that we play. Yeah, I love those events. Even there Mm -hmm. was a prayer night a couple, maybe it was last year, Mm -hmm. and um, seeing people from churches all across the city that I don't know and I don't recognize, it gives you a little picture of more of what heaven will be like. So that's really cool. all that God's doing across his kingdom, absolutely. Yeah. So what else got cut? The other thing I have... um, one of the things in this passage that I didn't go into uh, too much, um, but I was I was thinking it's probably on people's minds, but just there in verses 8 and verses 9 where it talks about wrath and fury mm-hmm. and tribulation and distress. 
um, which can just be hard things to, to hear and understand. Um, the judgment of God, the wrath of God, um, hell, is, it's a difficult subject to um, bring up and to talk about. Um, and I wrestle with it um, like everybody else does. But there's just a couple of things that help me think through um, that subject that I thought I'd share just because I think um, it's helpful for people. Um, we live in a society that's it's really shifted um, authority away from, from anything outside of our own hearts. Um, humanity really is the authority. It's we determine um, what is right and what is wrong, which historically isn't really the case. Um, historically in the West, at least, it was, it was clear that, that God's word is, mm -hmm. is the authority. Um, there's a, a theologian, he's called Herman Bavink, um, and he says this, he says, human feeling is no foundation for anything important, which is an interesting quote. Um, but it's, it's true that today so much um, right and wrong in our society is grounded on, on a little less than how we feel. Mm -hmm. um, and especially in society when there, if we're saying there is no, nothing transcendent, there is no spiritual realm, um, that we are just, you know, material things and nothing more. And people can't point to an authority. Um, and yet they have a strong desire for justice. It just ends up being what we determine yeah. um, to be just, to be just. And obviously in history, we have a lot of examples of, of, of humanity going wrong and saying, this is what I feel is right. Um, so we just need an authority outside of us to speak what is right and what is wrong um, and what justice looks like. So when I read scripture, I try my best just to remind myself of that. I need to know that um, there needs to be truth that actually uh, contradicts how I feel um, because my feelings and my desires are also are, are often sh selfish and will lead to excess. Um, so when I read uh, words like wrath and fury, um, I might feel like they're harsh um, and that... Uh, um, it's excessive, but I, I have to trust that God, um, that he is the authority and he is using the right words in response to sin. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things I've got. There's a couple of verses that, that help me as well. Genesis 18 verse 5 um, says, Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Um, and that's a, that's a weary text um, mm -hmm. when we think about the wrath of God, and when we think about judgment, um, it's a verse that we can really grind ourselves on and, and looking and trusting in God's goodness and His character and saying, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Um, I, yeah, I really cling to that verse in mm -hmm. a number of areas when we think about um, people around the world that haven't heard of Christ, when we think of wrath of God, when we think of um, the eternality of hell, um, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Um, is a good thing that we can remember um, and remember our finitude. Um, and then just, yeah, the last verse, 1 Corinthians 1, um, we find that, or, yeah, 1 Corinthians, we find King David, he sinned against God. Um, he is uh, trusting, he counts his, counts his numbers in his army um, to, to, see, to, to not trust God and just trust in his you know, human ability. Um, and God punishes him and gives him an op two options. He says, you can have three years of famine um, or three months of devastation through God, um, unleashing David's enemies on Israel. And, and this is David's response. He's either gonna choose um, God sending a famine or man coming and destroying Israel. Um, and David responds, let me fall into the hand uh, of the Lord for his mercy is very great. Uh, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. Um, which is just interesting um, that when we question God's judgment and we question hell, we usually are thinking um, if we, we don't say it, but we're thinking that uh, we will be more merciful than God. 
that we will be more just than God, that we would be a better judge than God, um, which is really silly when mm-hmm. we look at um, humanity and the things that we do to one another. Um, even an example from, from Scripture, that when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, before his crucifixion, the crowds, they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're celebrating that Jesus is, is there. Um, and yet, literally within a handful of days, they're not singing Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna anymore. They're shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of a chilling example of, of humanity's lack of credibility mm-hmm. um, when it comes to justice and, and mercy. Um, so I just think it's good when we remember. Um, and I'm thankful that, that God is God and we are not God. Um, when we think of uh, the things that humans have done to one another, um, we are not in the place where we can say we would be a better judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just up there. Are a few things that 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 help me in that um, subject when I think about the wrath of God and I think about yeah. Judgment Day, trusting that um, shall God not do what is right, and that God is more merciful and kind than we are. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about um, present day authority seems to be turning more and more away from God's word and more and more towards the desires of our heart, which mm. I think even if we look back across mm-hmm. humanity, like there are periods of mm-hmm. that when um, God's word is not seen as authority, but instead our own desire. Mm-hmm. So let's get real for a moment. What in your life, what in your life was brought out of the darkness from this text and that situation? Yeah. Um, I think, I even had to just this text this week. I had to. I was with somebody last week, and we were we were talking, and uh, I had to literally stop preparing the sermon and just be like, I need to reach out to this person and apologize. <laughs> you know, when I when I was reading, you know, who are you to judge? For you practice the very same things, and I just realized, my goodness, like the critical spirit within me um, is so off. And even though, you know. I, I, you know, some of the things I were saying maybe had legitimacy and were helpful, um, but my posture was off. And it's just <laughs> one of the things us <laughs> preachers, when we were preparing, you know, <laughs> we had to get into the text so it can, it can convict us well before Sunday. So yep. I'm thinking, I don't know if I can get up and preach this without resolving this issue. Um, so that was something for me literally last week on, mm-hmm. on uh, Friday, having to reach out and just saying, I can't preach this you know, brother, until we uh, resolve this and I seek your forgiveness. Um, so that was just something from from uh, last week, absolutely. Yeah, really good. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. Um, so we have a listener question this week, uh-huh. and um, it's about partially you being a dad, but also reflecting hmm. back on your life. So mm-hmm. what is one thing that you hope your kids know about Jesus or have a faith foundation in by the time they get your age that you could start to teach them now? Oh, that they have a faith foundation by, yeah, that's a good question. One of the things I think about sometimes with my kids is how do I teach them things? So I teach them like biblical straight up truth (laughs) that's found in the Bible about sin, about who Jesus is, about the gospel, about their need of of Christ. and then sometimes I also think, you know, what if they uh, become a teenager and they um, reject it all? They, or they go through a season where they just, the, 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 the theology, the, the facts as such that I've taught them are, are mm-hmm. wrong. What, what then? So, so a lot of things too that I try and do with my kids is read, read them things and 
open their eyes to things that are a little more even creative and pointing to God so that I can think, that's why I think when they are 20, 25, and maybe they're not walking with the Lord, that they'll remember a book um, that they were read when they were a child that maybe wasn't dogmatic in its approach, but had a beauty to it that would they would kind of see Christ in it. I mm-hmm. think there's um, C.S. Lewis, you know, his books, I think a lot about that. Um, his books about Narnia and things and how, like, they're not dogmatic in their approach, but they they kind of seep into you, seep stories into you. So I try and do that, both of those things. Um, C.S. Lewis is one, G.K. Chesterton is some stuff. There's some other authors um, that I think of that I want to, as my kids get older, that they... Uh, they, they grapple with um, so that they can ultimately find their faith themselves um, as I teach them what I believe is also truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, through that, what do I, if there's one thing, I, I just want, I want my kids to, to, to really believe that God is on pursuit of them, you know, that God loves them in a deep way that no matter what they do or where they go, um, that He will always be fine there. Yeah. And always be available to them there. Um, yeah, I just, uh, that's probably it. If I could drill that into them, that um, God is not, uh, they're never going to run too far from God, that He can't find them. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. I think sometimes I have this idea growing up as a no, in a non Christian household where the mm-hmm. gospel wasn't preached, I always had this un realistic view of my kids and that, oh, if mm. I raise them in a Christian home, of course they'll be Christians. Mm. But then I see yeah. people more godly than me. I see pastors, I see elders, and mm-hmm. their children have strayed and, from the Lord. And that's absolutely. like really just good advice of reminding them that God has left it up to us if we place our faith in Him. Absolutely. And I think being— But He won't stop pursuing Yeah, you. absolutely. But and I think being somebody in ministry, I think we recognize that it's very true. You know, a lot of ministry kids sometimes don't follow. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's a weight on um, pastors, especially when we get up and preach on Sunday. <laughs> Our yep. kids are watching, and they, yep. they know the integrity that, that whether there is integrity there, there isn't. Right. Um, and there's a humility that creates and then a fear, you know, because— um, Preachers cannot live up to the text. You know, mm-hmm. we're holding it up as truth, and yet we we fall. Um, so we, there's a fear there that our kids see us fall. Yeah. Um, and that's why I try and seep in things, too, that will um, draw them to Christ and through through the beauty of the gospel mm-hmm. um, and wonder. Yeah. yeah. But even in modeling what you said you were mm-hmm. convicted on by God, if you model that to them of, hey, I still do mess up. Oh, yeah. And there's forgiveness and there is a place for that because we could seem hypocritical Mm -hmm. to our kids Mm -hmm. as a Christian. So Mm -hmm. really good word. Apologizing to our kids, apologizing. I explain to my, when I say something that I should not say to my wife, (laughs) going to my kids, if I know they heard it and said, look, that's a screw up. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. You know, Yeah. Um, those things are important. Yeah. Well, thanks for being <laughs> thanks for being with us this it week. It's so good to be here. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in this week. Be sure to listen to our episode next week as Trevor and I interview another guest as we continue on in the book of Romans. If you have a question that you want us to answer next week, be sure to text podcast to 62953. 
And if you like what you're listening to, send it to a friend, write a review, or leave us five stars. We'll see you next week.